Peace in Every Language is a travel podcast that celebrates the wonder and joy of travel, as well as reporting on the constant comedic follies that inevitably meet us in life away from the places that we call home. We will see how the notion of peace, that Old Testament ideology of wholeness and fulfillment, are present throughout the world, and how we experience it and bring it home again. This segment of Peace in Every Language will follow us through several episodes as we travel through India and Nepal, and we are so glad to have you here with us today. In this episode, we follow closely as we attend a few different ways of worshiping over the past few days. We went to a church service here locally, a Christian church service, and then went up to uh, visit a mosque, as well as doing some yoga practices and talking to some other folks about that. You'll hear a few snippets of life in the church and around the mosque to begin with, and then a friend of mine, Pastor Dana Vaughn, from Asheville, North Carolina, discussing and reflecting on our experience. Dana, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Was, was, that, was that a jarring way to begin? I was actually uploading something on my Instagram, oh, okay. and I didn't like the way that it looked. This is the real, this is the real uh, focus of ministry that pastors have when they come across uh, these kinds of trips, right? Yes. Instagram publications. Yeah, getting the hashtags right, <laughs> making sure that your IG game is on point while abroad. So, Dana is... Uh, Collegial friend um, who uh, is pastor at a church in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about we were we've been uh, we're into like day three now. We've been to a couple religious sites in a couple of different um, or a couple I don't know uh, 
people at Montreat always say thin places, but uh, we've been to uh, Gandhi's, I think what we would call memorial, really, wasn't the tomb since he was cremated, um, the Gandhi memorial, um, the second largest mosque in the world, kind of, <laughs> and uh, then a really amazing church service that we had uh, yesterday morning, so... I don't know. What are, I know we talked a little bit about the church service first. Um, what were we, what did you think of that? The church service. Yeah. Um, it was very long. <laughs> so juxtaposing that to our a Western service, so two and a half hours yeah. is a typical service here. Um, but very meaningful. Lots of people and interaction, lots of singing. Um, the sermon was about... Um, God always being at work in our lives, God's doing a new thing, um, not being blinded by the constructs of our minds and how we put God in a box in those constructs. Yeah, I like that. It was about, um, it was uh, Dr. Tanetti, and he was saying that our concept of God or like how we see God, basically, you know, the way in which we understand God to be, that limits us uh, I thought that was really good, too. Yeah, and just thinking about traumas or crises that we go through and how God is still very much at work in that and working through individuals um, during those times when maybe that God's presence feels absent. Mm -hmm. That was really good. Mm -hmm. And then we had lunch. Yeah. We went to... um, We'll talk about this, I don't know, maybe in some different ways there's not really a good form (laughs) of how this is shaped but um when on our way to the mosque then later that same day we walked through do you remember the name of the bazaar the market market i don't yeah well so it was like an enormous market yeah Um, like three blocks or something we walked three or four blocks yeah we walked through um and it was just it was packed. It was really, it was, it was pretty packed. Mm-hmm. Um, even just in, in like the relationship with the market, weren't really stalls, but like the market uh, areas of different folks that were kind of next to each other. Yeah. Um, so we had some other folks who got, uh, you know, touched in the frisked. marketplace. Frisked. Perfect. Yes, frisked. But it was outside of the frisking area. It was. Right? It was in the no frisking zones that they were frisked. Um, we've talked a little bit about how there was a, a little dichotomy between this amazing hospitality on one hand and kind of this different kind of uh, understanding of respect, I guess, uh, for one another in, in those two different spaces. Um, I don't know. We also saw um, kids up at the mosque. Mm-hmm. They were saying we're kind of there for you know, one of the tenets of the Muslim faith is giving al- almsgiving. And mm-hmm. so they were there kind of to, to try and offer an opportunity for that. Right. Yeah, which is just kind of an interesting way of thinking about that or understanding it. 
of forcing this opportunity, understanding that it's so embedded in people's minds yeah. that they would prosper by offering that opportunity in yeah. that in that space. Instead, I mean, it's just a different way of looking at panhandling. Yeah. So. And I've missed I missed the trans. Yeah, I did not folks. see any of that, but that whole concept is mind blowing to yeah. me. Yeah. There was did, we started talking about it a little bit, and I kind of remember there was another story, or maybe it was one of the one of the readings we had. Um, that so that's a practice where. Uh, it, and I was trying to understand what they were saying that either um, there are trans folks who kind of join into this group or it could even be uh, men who aren't necessarily trans but who are dressing up in women's clothing just for the express purpose of kind of being part of this cadre uh, who will come find you if you're having a wedding or come find you if you've had a, a, the birth of a child or something and uh, it's part of the Hindu expression or belief structure to be able to say, well, let's, uh, how did James put it? Let's make, let's find a way to make everyone happy, right? Like give, give us uh, uh, money, uh, everyone here that we've gathered from our group, from the, from the, from the uh, trans folks, uh, so that we're happy and we'll bless you and you'll be happy. Um, as a part of not drawing evil spirits to yourself. Basically, if you're yeah. not doing it, you're drawing evil spirits to yourself. I don't know that I understand that, that concept. I don't understand how come the trans community would be thought of having so much power to be able to invoke evil spirits. Yeah. And to cast that on to somebody. Right. And, and, then, it, and it's not the whole trans community. I mean, I'm sure there are people that <laughs> are not. Um, but just the group... <clears throat> okay, and another question about that. If what James was saying was that the trans community, that network of individuals kind of has, um, it's spearheaded by an individual, and it's, you know, this is the language I was used, it was a gang. Yeah, he said gang. Yeah, yeah so, <laughs> I don't know, it's very, all of it's a little bit different for me as far as giving money away to a gang in order to receive a blessing right. from that gang. right. Well, partially, the um, there's a Hindu understanding that one of the gods or that god it has no gender, or is in some way kind of a transgender character, right. or a, a, I don't know. He was a little yeah. big on it, but I guess maybe like a hermaphroditic character or something, and so that represented by uh, this trans community that has gotten together in a group. Um, so in a way they're kind of like emissaries of God and so them attending your wedding or your funeral or something or coming to say like hello hey, we're here you know is, is uh, an opportunity for you to interact with emissaries from God or from that God uh, and I think that's where the whole like well if you don't do it then you could be inviting evil into your life in some way <laughs> I feel like it's manipulative. Oh, I mean, definitely. Yeah, sure, sure. And I feel like it's those emails or those um, Facebook messages where it's like, send this to 10 people yeah, or else you're going to be cursed for 2019. <laughs> right. You know? Um, Which reminds me, I have to send out a couple things before. <laughs> <laughs>
Don't send it to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was, that's been interesting. Um, I guess another highlight from this trip was going to Gandhi's memorial. Yeah. Yeah, and just the... Um, the energy, just the very peaceful energy that was present. Mm. You asked me any question I thought when we were there, like, where did I think? The, yeah, I, I was asking where does that peaceful aura come from? You know, is that Gandhi's aura? This is him, his memorial, is he emanating that still mm -hmm. in the spiritual realm? Um, or are the people that are um, in awe of him that are you know, as we're revering this individual, yeah. are we bringing peace into that space? And yeah. so therefore, anybody who comes into to that sacred space um, comes into contact with that same energy that we're all bringing in. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think I thought it was more, I thought it was more what people were bringing. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like that happens I feel like that happens a lot, but whether it's church or a memorial space or, you know, a party, you know, if you get folks together, their energy kind of permeates mm -hmm. the place yeah. a little bit, um, you know, being, being in the church, weddings have a different feel from funerals, um, even though sometimes we use the same music or the same spaces or, you know, but it's, it's the yeah. energy that everybody brings. It really has a different flavor to it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So yeah, that was, Gandhi's memorial was really was really cool. I liked. Um, thanks for suggesting to go sit on the grass. <laughs> yeah, it was peaceful. And it was it was it was a really peaceful place. Um, and then we I know we talked a little bit about Gandhi's end too. That mm -hmm. a lot of people that work for peace or are about peace in the world end up being murdered. Yeah. Um, Even at the ripe age of 84. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's why Yeah, I said that earlier. It takes a special kind of trouble in your heart to be able to kill an 84-year-old person. Who's, yeah, who's <laughs> been working for peace. Yeah. 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 Um, and we got to do yoga. Yeah, yeah, that was very interesting and good. Just kind of stretch through the kinks that we got mm -hmm. on those two nine-hour or eight-hour flights. Yeah, right. Yeah. Would you say stretching through the the jet, kinks, the jet yeah. lag? Yeah, stretching through the the jet lag. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I don't think I knew. I mean, it seems like I don't know, maybe it was in the recesses of my brain, and you probably knew this from yoga instruction that you gathered for your. What is it? Certification. Certification. Yeah, sorry. Um, but Shanti is, is Hindi, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, for peace. Well, san Sanskrit. Sanskrit, okay. Um, Sanskrit? Yeah, sans. We oh. learned that too. Oh, okay. In the certification, yeah. No, Sanskrit. It's not Sanskrit. Not Sanskrit. If you're from North Kakalaki. <laughs> Um, yeah, but, and sometimes I do that just silently at the end of a yoga class. Because for me, um, when somebody is, when you say Shanti three times, it becomes mm -hmm. a trinity. Mm. Um, yeah, so there's just kind of a lot of meaning that I apply to it. What's the Sanskrit, Sanskrit notion of trinity? Um, I don't think that they recognize oh, that oh. in the, yeah. 
But it was it was three times in, in what we did this morning too. Right, but that's not for a Trinitarian effect. Oh, okay, yeah. So you're applying it to like. Yeah, I'm yeah. bringing my Christian beliefs into a Hindu <laughs> practice. Yeah, no, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was really. I, I appreciated the kind of yoga it was. It was different um, than some of the flow yoga that we've done before and stuff. Uh, it was. It had a lot of. It had more rests in between, mm-hmm. <laughs> which. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely a lot more restorative. Yeah. Um, and not really following any sort of yoga guru. Right. You okay. know, like Bikram hot yoga came from uh-huh. that guru. Right. Um, and same thing. I mean, Bhakti, Ash, Ashtanga, I mean, all of them. But this one was just more um, asanas, like a couple postures, but mm-hmm. a lot more pranayama. So using your breathing to create fire. That mm-hmm. was some of the one, like that breathe in real quick. Oh yeah, that's yeah. That's creating fire in your body because that's the warm up, right? Oh, okay. Um, but I mean, there's all kinds of breathing techniques that you can do for relaxation purposes. And she was kind of, she brought those in a little bit too, but yeah, it was neat. It was just very, a lot more meditative mm-hmm. and relaxing while also hitting it. I would say like the high notes as far as stretching mm-hmm. right like in a regular yoga class you're going to have so many poses you're going to make sure you're over um you're hyper stretched yeah this one's just kind of like we're going to stretch and we're also going to be mindful of what we're going to eat afterwards and we're going to yeah. be mindful of the breathing and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. She bringing out all the elements piece to it yeah that was good well it's been uh it's been a neat couple of days yeah yeah definitely neat tomorrow's Train ride. Oh, sorry. No, yeah, tomorrow's oh. train ride. Taj Mahal. Taj Mahal. Taj for the New Year. For New Year's Eve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I have to say, I don't know. I don't know if I did it before in this recording, but the whoop whoops, we are definitely the only whoop whoops on this trip. <laughs> like, <laughs> there are no other whoop whoop girls <laughs> yeah. who have joined us. <laughs> That's been good. All right. And I'm sweating to death. I'm going to die. <laughs> it's like sitting there close to you. It's like just the heat just pouring out from under your butt. That is so and murdering me. Oh my gosh. Uh, uh, <sighs> They're talking about fire at the end. I'm like, I got some fire going on. So how is God using the unexpected in your life right now? How is God using maybe some apprehensive people or people that create nervousness in you to speak a different kind of word to you? That was something that I was a little uncomfortable with thinking about, but there is no reason, and it absolutely, uh, of course, it does happen that God would use people who are not perfect in our lives, who do not reflect perfect peace to us, to speak to us. Also, I invite us all to consider how our image of God keeps us from seeing who God really is, how the way we view God actually is a way of creating less of a God, putting limits on God. So may we always have new and better eyes to see the truth of who God is.
Peace in Every Language is a raw recording podcast that is made as we travel. So thank you for your patronage and patience as we go. And now as we close this episode, we are going to remind ourselves of the words of Dr. Carson Brisson, who closed every class with a dear love and appreciation of our work as students. May you be blessed to be a blessing. And may peace, true peace and wholeness, find you wherever you are and wherever you call home. Shalom.